Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here for the Week 12 Recap. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, share us on social media. We would love to get both your feedback, and we'd love to get more and more folks listening to the pod. So let them know to get your best Big Ten content to subscribe and follow the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast here hosted by Anchor. Excited to, to kind of get into what happened this past weekend. Uh, a number of surprising things, a number of things I kind of thought would happen did happen. Another A number of things that I didn't think would happen did happen. So big weekend, uh, big shakeups in the playoff race. So we're just going to dive right into it. I'm just going to go through the recap. I went eight and three this past week. And oh, I was undefeated in my big 10 picks which probably makes sense. That's the league that I'm most clued into. Uh, I was 7-0 there, 1-3 and three on my out-of-conference picks, which just makes me think that maybe I should stop picking out-of-conference games. Uh, or maybe I should just stop picking upsets in general. And, and quite honestly, the one game that I got right, I don't even feel like I got right. And I'll start there. Alabama really struggled against Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas is all that great. Um, I think KJ Jefferson played well. I thought uh, Traylon Burks is a bona fide stud at wide receiver and he had a huge game, but I thought Alabama, I thought defensively struggled. I thought offensively, you know, you'll see the 559 yards by Bryce young. And that was incredible but I just didn't feel like they were the most efficient. You know, it's, it was a very inefficient 600 plus yards. So that's whenever you get over 600 yards, that's impressive. But, you know, it, it felt a little similar to the Ohio state Oregon game back in week two, Ohio state had over 600 yards, but it, it didn't result in a ton of points. It felt like Bama really struggled with efficiency. And it's not the first time I felt that way. You know, same thing happened against LSU, um, against Florida, you know, they put up a lot of yards, but maybe they're, they're a bit more inefficient. Bryce Young tends to hold the ball a lot. And I, I, you know, I'm just very curious how that ends up moving forward. So surprised that Bama didn't blow out Arkansas. I really thought it was going to be another one of those games where, you know, here comes a, ranked opponent for Alabama to beat up on. And they're not actually that good. Ended up being quite a, quite a bit of a game. Um, also, I thought Sam Pittman calling the, uh, the fake, the fake field goal, such a beautiful call. Loved the, loved the call, loved the execution. That was great. A game I didn't call, but I think we need to talk about is Utah, Oregon. I, I thought Oregon would win. But Utah just curb stomped them, man. And now Oregon, you know, completely out of the playoff race. The Pac-12 completely out of the playoff race. Didn't see that coming at all. Really surprised by that. But it's it, it's a shame because I thought Oregon was going to get in. I thought we were going to see a rematch between Ohio State, Oregon, and the playoff. Not to be. That opens the door for Cincinnati. And I picked against Cincinnati again. I'm done picking against Cincinnati, which probably means they'll lose next week. But I'm done picking against Cincinnati. 
They completely shut down SMU's passing game. They completely shut down Tanner Mordecai, who's one of the top passers in the country, at least statistically. They beat him 48 to 14. It was 48 nothing. That's a beat down. And Cincinnati, you know, they've, they have two games left. I think they control their own destiny at this point. I think they are, if they win out, they're in. So way to go Bearcats. I personally kind of want to see an Ohio State Cincinnati playoff game. And I, I don't think it would be a blowout. I think it would be a good game. I think Cincinnati, when they play their A game, I think they might be able to get a playoff win. If they play their A game. That's that's a big if if they play their A game and you know, but I th- I think they have enough talent where they could possibly shock the world. So I think Cincinnati is going to play their has played their way into the position where they they control their own destiny. So man, Luke Fickle's done a great job with that program. A team that doesn't control its destiny, but I think maybe might be back in the playoff conversation is Oklahoma. They, uh, they squeaked out a win over Iowa State, which, you know, Iowa State, they're six and five. So it doesn't look like a great win, but Iowa State's a decent team. And I think they've, they have a, they've had a tough schedule. You know, they've, they lost, they've lost a couple games. They should have won, but they've got talent. You know, they, they have Brees Hall, they have Brock Purdy, they have Charlie Kolar, really good players on that team. And Oklahoma, they came back and they won. Uh, they won and they are still in control to get to the big 12 championship game. So big one coming up uh, the bedlam game this week, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. That's going to be a, a, I think a heck of a game, heck of a matchup. The other non-conference game that I was just so off on and I should have known better was Clemson wake forest. We saw that wake forest is, you know, essentially a national fraud. It's not to say that they're, they're fraudulent in terms of their record or fraudulent in terms of being an ACC contender. The ACC is terrible though this year. So Wake Forest still controls their own destiny in the ACC, but let's just be clear. Wake Forest never deserved to sniff the playoff, at least in this current format. And they got the doors blown off. And I think another, another thing is that Clemson, they, they had a down year this year. They ain't going away. And as much as we don't like Dabo Sweeney here, he's a good football coach. And as, as long as the ACC is down, Clemson is going to be in the conversation every year. So get ready because next year Clemson is going to come back. I think they're going to have a big time comeback here next year. Not going to say they're definitely going to be in the playoff, but they might end up being one of my playoff picks preseason next year, just the way that they're starting to get, get things going. So uh, they're eight and three. So you'd, you'd think as people talk about them, you'd think, Oh, they're like five and six or four and seven. They're eight and three. They're, it's pretty good, pretty good year for most teams. And I think for Clemson with all their youth and, and another really good recruiting class coming in, that's going to be good. Let's get to the big 10. Um, obviously the big, the, the big story, in the big 10 was something that I had no idea would happen. I thought Ohio state would beat Michigan state, but it was a beat down CJ Stroud was phenomenal. 
He had six touchdowns and three incompletions. That's absurd. All three of the receivers, uh, as Kirk Herbstreit affectionately called them, earth, wind, and fire, which is just awesome, by the way. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, all over 100 yards, all had at least one touchdown catch. Uh, Big-time win. I don't think Michigan State is 49 points worse than Ohio State. Just, just as, a, as a takeaway, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in the power rankings, I think Michigan State got down early. Kenneth Walker was not playing at 100%. They didn't have Jalen Naylor. Uh, Jaden Reed was playing hurt. I think Michigan State, they got avalanched a bit, and Ohio State can do that to you. So I, I don't think Michigan State is as bad, and I don't know if Ohio State is as good as that score indicates because I think Ohio State got them out of what they wanted to do early because they got up big quick. So when we talk about Ohio State versus the team up north, which I know this is a Big Ten pod, this is a Big Ten football talk podcast. I'm an Ohio State fan, and as an Ohio State fan, I will not refer to, to that team by their name this week. Just can't too much in my blood to to, to do that, I need to honor and respect the rivalry. So to those of you that are fans of the team up north, I hope you guys understand. Uh, but it's hate week, and I, I got to honor that. So enough said. Ohio State won big. Um, speaking of the team up north, uh, for, for those who don't know who I'm talking about, you're, you're just kind of listening. I am talking about Michigan. That's the only time I'll use their name. But the team up north crushed Maryland. Uh, they did it in all three phases, special teams. Uh, they blocked a punt. They had a kick return for a touchdown on a nifty uh, lateral. Hassan Haskins was, uh, he was good, not great. Uh, averaged a little under four yards of carry. Donovan Edwards was great in this game, had 10 catches, 170 yards and a touchdown. Interested to see what carries over against Ohio state next week, but it's going to be a big game. I, I will, it's going to be at least a top five matchup might be a top four matchups, depending on how the playoff committee decides to rank teams this week. But with Oregon losing, both will be in the top five. Um, that those, those are the big two games. The, the other one that I thought was an, an interesting game and it proved to be interesting was uh, Nebraska at Wisconsin, you know, Tell me if you're surprised. Scott Frost's Nebraska team lost by one score. Shocker. Right? They've only lost seven of their eight games by one score or less because they can't close. Apparently, Scott Frost was angry after the game, and I have I don't care. Turnovers, penalties. Stop inflicting yourself with wound. If you want to be upset with anybody be upset with your with how you're coaching them in late game situations there there was a late no call which frost had a right to be upset about but the fact is if they actually executed they wouldn't have needed that call so i i get why he's upset but also look at yourselves that's why you guys continue to struggle you've lost seven one score games in the fourth quarter I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't give you any respect for that. 
So Wisconsin, on the other hand, Braylon Allen is um, a revelation for this Badger team. He's a, I think, a 17-year-old freshman. He had 22 carries, 228 yards, and three touchdowns. Whoever's the East champion, whether it's Ohio State or the team up north, they they better be careful. This is not the Wisconsin team that we saw early in the season. You know, Graham Mertz, you know, he's limited as a passer right now, but with that running game and that defense, it, they're going to be a tough out in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, Iowa with, uh, withstood Illinois. Uh, Illinois was up early in this game, 10 nothing. But, you know, Iowa was able to kind of get, get going. Tyler Goodson had a pretty good game, 132 yards. Uh, special teams was really big for them. Charlie Brown, or not Charlie Brown, uh, Charlie Jones had a 100-yard kickoff return uh, to help lift Iowa uh, to a victory there. And, you know, don't, don't look now, but they're 9-2. and two. You know, if, if Wisconsin stumbles this week, Iowa gets back to the Big Ten championship game. I'm not calling that, but Iowa's not out of it quite yet. So goodbye, Iowa, to, to stay in it. Purdue won 32-14 to 14 over Northwestern. You know, early on, I, I think I said it last week, this is a game that feels like Purdue would lose. They didn't. They... You know, they, they, they kept it going. I, I think Jeff Brom is a better coach and, and is doing a really good thing with that program. They get uh, the, the rivalry game against Indiana for the old Oaken Bucket next week. I, I would imagine Purdue's going to win that game. And if they do, Purdue's eight and four. You know, that's a really good season for the Boilermakers. So, you know, I called them nine and three earlier this year uh, in the preseason. So, Good by Purdue. Good by the Boilermakers, man. They they've had a really good year. Uh, Penn State was uh, you know a little sluggish against Rutgers, but they you know they pulled it out, twenty eight nothing. I I'm not even going to try to announce his name, but the, the quarterback for Penn State was not Sean Clifford. It was Christian. Uh, I want to say VU, but I I'm sure that's not right. But he, uh, he, was, he was really good, 235 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, running game still a concern for Penn State. Uh, Kayvon Lee had 41, ca- uh, 41 yards on 13 carries. Um, you know, they have a tough, tough uh, matchup against Michigan State to close the year for the land-grant trophy, the land-grant game. And then the, the only other game in the Big Ten that we covered, uh, Minnesota at Indiana, I thought early on I saw it was 7 nothing. Indiana and I thought you got to be kidding me please don't tell me that PJ Flex is going to lose this one but they didn't they they came back Kai Thomas ten, uh, ran for over 100 yards Tanner Morgan was efficient and they got the win 35-14 setting up a pretty good match matchup for uh, Paul Bunyan's axe Wisconsin Minnesota next week and if Minnesota wins they can play spoiler and that would uh, get Iowa to the Big Ten title game if they can defeat Nebraska next week, which, I mean, if you're keeping score, it's probably going to be a one-score game that uh, Scott Frost loses. So probably. So that, that, that'd be my guess. Uh, let's, let's just take a look at the power rankings here for a minute and then my top 10, and then we'll take a quick break. 
In terms of the power rankings, number 14, it should not be a surprise to anyone. I have Indiana there at number 14. They have just been decimated by injuries. The quarterback situation has been atrocious. And so Indiana 14, no one expected them there, but they are there. Number 13, Northwestern. Again, not really a surprise. 12, I've got Nebraska. I just can't ignore the record anymore, right? Like Nebraska's lost to Illinois. Um, they, they've lost to everybody in the Big Ten other than Northwestern. I, I just can't justify having them above uh, 13. Or yeah, I, I can't have them be anything other than 12. I've got Illinois at 11. Rutgers at 10. And the reason I moved Rutgers above Illinois because Rutgers has the win over Illinois. They have a better record. So Rutgers at five and six at 10, Maryland five and six at nine. They play each other this week. The winner goes to a bowl game, which for both of those programs, that's a big deal. So good for Rutgers, good for Maryland. Although Maryland, I, I kind of feel like you played down a bit to your talent. So I, I'm more impressed by the coaching job by Greg Schiano than I am the coaching job um, of Mike Loxley. I feel like Mike Loxley routinely just baffles me, but still he has a chance to get to, to bowl eligibility this, this season. Good by him. That's a big deal. Number eight, I've got Minnesota. Nobody's better at blowing games aside from Scott Frost. Uh, no one's better at blowing games than, PJ Fleck. And yet somehow I think there, there's a real possibility he could upset the Badgers this week because he gets his boys up to play the big games. So got Minnesota at eight, Purdue at seven. The reason why I have Purdue there, I, I know Minnesota beat Purdue, but I think Purdue's wins over Iowa and over Michigan State really carry it to the top half of the Big Ten. Penn State at six. I, you know, it's it's weird to see them struggle this much. Uh, against inferior teams I, I think that it, the, the matchup against Michigan State is going to be really interesting to me next week yeah I, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this game with that game yet Iowa at five Wisconsin at four Michigan State at three again I, I think Michigan State is better than that score against Ohio State Ohio State is if they get up on you, it's, it's tough to, it's, it's tough for anybody to match them score for score. But if, if you want to establish the run and you're down 21, nothing it's over. And Michigan state at that point had to stop. They just had to start throwing the ball and Ohio state made them one dimensional, not because they were shutting down the run early, but because they got a couple of stops and a turnover. And it, it was, it was 28, nothing before you could blink. So I, I don't think Michigan State is as bad as that score indicates. So I, I'm keeping them at three for now. Uh, it'll be curious to see how they do against Penn State, who I think Penn State has considerable talent, especially in the back end. Also curious to see Michigan State's health status going into that game. And then, of course, number two, the team up north, number one, Ohio State. And I think that game is going to be a really tough game for both teams. I don't think it's just going to be an easy win for the Buckeyes. I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. I think, I think the team up North is a good matchup 
for the Buckeyes, better than I thought even a couple weeks ago. We'll talk about that game more later this week uh, on the pod. National top 10, uh, number one, Georgia. You know, they, they throttled a quality opponent in Charleston Southern. That's, that's sarcasm, by the way. What? Why does the SEC do this? Like, the SEC, aside from, I think, Bama and Arkansas and Florida and Missouri, they all play these terrible teams in week 12 at the end of the season. And it's just, it's, come on. Come on, guys. This is, you know, you get a little tune-up game for the, the stretch run. Meanwhile, Ohio State's playing Penn State, Purdue, Michigan State, and the team up north, and then a, a Big Ten title game. Georgia's playing Charleston Southern and then Georgia Tech. And then they get Alabama. So it just – anyway, Georgia's won. Uh, I'm not bitter, not at all, maybe a little. Uh, number two is Ohio State. I think – that was the most complete I've seen Ohio state play all season. The defense, I I know I said that defensively they part of the reason why their defense was, was so good was because the offense got up on them early, but I thought this is the best Ohio state's defensive line has played all season long. And it's a, it's a decent, not, it's not a great offensive line for Michigan state, but it's a decent offensive line. And so I, I think, again, the team up north is a bigger test. Number three, I've got Alabama. They are, I think, maybe the most talented team, but they are also a a very inefficient team right now. So I I think Alabama, I I, I think there's a clear separation between one, two, and three in the rest of the country. Um, I think Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama – that they're all the most talented teams according to the 247 talent composite. Number four, I have the team up north. Again, for those listening along, I said I'd only do it once, I'll do it twice. That is Michigan, the team up north. Uh, number five, Cincinnati. Cincinnati controls their own destiny. Number six, I have Ole Miss. Uh, I they they struggled a bit against Vanderbilt, but I think again when they are healthy, I think they are a cut above other teams. Number seven, Notre Dame, Notre Dame playing really well right now. Curious to see uh, how Georgia does with Georgia tech after Notre Dame just throttled them 55 to nothing. Number eight, Oklahoma state, number nine, Oklahoma, number 10, Oregon. I have Michigan state right outside of that top 10. I just don't think you can you can boot Oregon out of the top ten after you know they have the best win of anybody in the country and they only have two losses. So I know they got they got throttled by Utah. I think they'll get a shot at revenge in the Big Twelve championship game. My guess is Oregon takes that one. That's my guess. So that's uh, top ten and power rankings. We're gonna take a quick break and then I'll just talk a little bit about what I am looking for in the committee and then I want to talk a little bit about the Heisman. So. We will be right back on the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We are going to talk a little bit about what I am looking for this week in the playoff rankings. You know, it, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I, I, I'm 
curious to see what they do with Ohio State and Alabama. The AP poll moved Ohio State to number two. That was a shock to me because typically the, the media, they, they are pretty, you know, they're, they're kind of a bunch of lemmings. Just, you know, I say that uh, as kindly as possible, but they tend to be reactionary. So for weeks on end, Cincinnati was number two, number two, number two. And then all of a sudden, after the CFP rankings had Alabama number two, for no reason, they moved Alabama to number two. I guess they, 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 you could make the argument that Cincinnati was number, they moved Cincinnati down because they struggled for a couple of weeks against lower competition. But it's not like Bama hasn't struggled against lower competition this year. Granted, it's different lower competition. You know, it's different struggling with LSU versus struggling with Tulsa. Maybe yeah, LSU's five and six. They're not very good. Anyway, I was surprised then that they made the move to to put Ohio State at number two. I I get why they did it. You know, fifty six to seven over the number seven team in the country. That that's that's impressive. It's very impressive. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the committee does and then how they explain it. Because honestly, their explanations every week have been just absolutely garbage. And so whatever they do, whether it's Ohio State number two, Alabama number two, I don't think that I don't think Cincinnati will hit the two spot. Um, but whatever they do, how are they going to justify it? Because if they're like, well, we think, you know, if, if they put Ohio State number two, are they going to suddenly start ranking seven and four Penn State and seven and four Purdue? Well, we just think that Penn State's good now. You haven't ranked them all year. Or are you going to put in Purdue, you know, or if they keep Alabama at two, what do they do? Well, we still think Arkansas is pretty good. So they're going to be number 25 in our rankings. I don't know if this is a good, I don't think that's a good Gary Barta impression, but like, what are they going to do to justify their rankings in the top 25? Are they going to bump Mississippi state up to number nine? Because well, Mississippi state's beat all these great teams. They lost to freaking Memphis. They need to be penalized for that. Come on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to get off that train because the, the amount of privilege that different teams get, and Ohio State gets a lot of privilege. So I, I, I'm not, ultimately, it, for Ohio State's case or, or the team up North's case, if either of those teams went out, they're in. It's, it's easy. And they're not getting higher than the two seed. Like, it's just not going to happen. And that's fine. I think that's, that's okay. But the, the thing that really matters is if, if Bama stays at number two, the issue becomes how do you move them out of the top four at all if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game? 
Because that's that's the reality that you have to face. Is are they is the committee positioning themselves to basically guard themselves from ridicule to have two SEC teams in the playoff? I, I've said it. I think ever since the the first the initial rankings came out, that's exactly what they're doing. Like they are positioning themselves to put two teams in in from the SEC. And the only way that that's not going to happen is if Alabama magically loses to Auburn with a backup quarterback. Doubt that's going to happen, by the way. And I I just think I I don't know what I would do if I were on the committee. But I've been skeptical on Bama being two from the beginning. I think it's obvious that Ohio State should be two right now. Now, I, at the same time, I'm still not sure if Ohio State beats the team up north this week. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, how, you know, did you see what they did to Michigan State? Again, we'll talk about that now more on Thursday. But honestly, the most fascinating thing about the playoff show is going to be how do they rank teams 11 through 25? How do they rank those teams? Because how they rank those teams is going to show us, you know, their essentially their rationale for how they rank teams two and three. And I, this is my, my bold prediction. Alabama is going to be two because Arkansas is not going to drop out of the poll because it was a close loss in Tuscaloosa. Mississippi State's still going to be in the poll because they beat some ridiculous FCS school. Texas A&M, the team that beat them, is still going to be in the poll because they beat up Prairie View A&M. And so basically what we've got is is we're going to have a, a, a poll filled with quality top 25 wins and a quality loss for Alabama where Purdue and Penn State, who have pretty good resumes and actually challenge themselves in, uh, in the in out-of-conference scheduling, are getting the shaft. So, by the way, Purdue has, win, has a win over Oregon State. They're 7-4. and four. They lost close to Notre Dame, who's, I think, going to be the committee's either number six or number seven team, I think probably number six, I would think. And they have losses to, you know, Minnesota, who's a good team, to Ohio State, who's obviously a top three team. I I don't know how you don't have Purdue in there this week. And I, I still don't know how you don't have Penn State in there. And I know they're seven and four, but, I don't know. I, I get frustrated by this whole, the whole poll and, but they're going to use what, whatever they do, they're going to use it to justify their top 10. That's, that's what they're going to do. They're going to position it. So they justify their top 10. So that's, I think that's what I'm looking for is, is 11 through 25. Who, who do they put where and who gets into that last, you know, last five, six spots. So that, that, I think that's what I'm looking at. The other thing I want to talk about just real brief, briefly is the Heisman race. Uh, Chris Fowler gets a lot of hate 
uh, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, they, they get a lot of hate for being on ESPN and, and, you know, ESPN gets a lot of hate for being SEC biased. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pile on them. I think, I think actually Chris Fowler and Kirk do a great job. I think they're, they're excellent, but I just cannot, I cannot fathom. Like I've just never heard ESPN say this about other teams, quarterbacks. I've never heard him say it about Joe Burrow, never heard him say about Mac Jones, but CJ Stroud, they're like, hey, can we really vote him for the Heisman if he has all these great weapons around him? And he said that on the broadcast. And of course, CJ Stroud was ridiculous. He had 393 yards at the half, he had six touchdowns at the half against the number seven team in the country. And they're questioning whether he should get the Heisman because the talent around him is too good. Now, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that Joe Burrow had zero talent around him when he was throwing 60 touchdowns, right? Like, oh, he had no, no talent, you know? You know, except he had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, Thaddeus Moss, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, just a bunch of first rounders in the NFL. Other than that, he had no talent around him. Or, you know, Mac Jones, who was a Heisman candidate, you know, he didn't have a lot of talent around him, right? You know, just just had Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell and Najee Harris and Brian Robinson as backup running back and best offensive line in the country and Jaleel Billingsley, and uh, John Mechie. Like, you know, other than that, he had no talent around him. Just, I, I just want to just pull whatever hair I have left out. I, I get what he's trying to say. He's, he's comparing him to Bryce Young and say, well, Bryce Young has less talent. And I, I respectfully disagree with him because all you have to do is look at the recruiting rankings before anyone says well but ohio state's fourth rated receiver went to alabama and he's the only one they've got i'm saying yeah and he's probably one of the top five receivers in the country like john mechie is a top 10 receiver in the country Julio Billingsley is still there. I, he, he might be hurt. I'm not sure. Brian Robinson is still a stud in the backfield. They have a really good offensive line. So don't give me this garbage that C.J. Stroud has leaps and bounds talent more than Alabama. And then, by the way, had the audacity to rank Alabama above Ohio State. If you want to say that it's a close race between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, good for you. You're right. It is a razor-thin race at this point, and I don't know who I would pick right now. But to, to, to ding C.J. Stroud by saying, well, he has too much talent, come on. Just, man, I, I don't understand these arguments sometimes. Yes, Ohio State has one of the best receiving trios in the not just in the country, maybe in the history of the sport. 
but let's not let's not you know Bryce Young has a lot of talent in, around him in his own right and let's not forget that Bryce Young doesn't have a freshman in the backfield he has a senior right he has a veteran offensive line whereas Ohio State had a lot of new starters on the offensive line this year they have a freshman tailback, a really good freshman tailback, an elite freshman tailback, but a freshman tailback nonetheless. So let's 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 just look at things with real perspective, okay? I don't know who should win the Heisman. At this point, I at this point I still feel like I I, I think it's too close to call. I think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud have separated themselves. But let's stay away from the argument of one has more talent than the other because if you're arguing that, particularly for Alabama, just look at their talent. Look at their composite ranking. Alabama is the most talented team in the country. So don't, don't give me that, okay? So I, I, think, I think if Bryce Young, and this, this is my final thought, and then, I, then we'll end here. I think Bryce Young, if they beat Georgia, he'll win the Heisman. If C.J. Stroud beats the team up north in Wisconsin and looks good doing it, and Alabama loses, like I think a lot of people are assuming they will, then I think the game. I, I think C.J. Stroud will win it. I'll tell you who I think should actually personally be favored for. I know a lot of people. Jordan Davis for Georgia should be considered. Will Anderson for Alabama should be considered at the linebacker spot. Another guy that should be considered, and you know, this is going back to Alabama last year, how Devonta Smith won it. Honestly, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's the best player on the Ohio State Buckeyes this year. He's a, he's absurd, and you know he missed a game, and he's share, again he's sharing the load with two other dynamic receivers, but I think I think this team is very different without him. So. Really good slate of games coming up. Uh, we'll have the pot up Wednesday morning, not Thursday morning, um, for you guys to enjoy for a lot of picks. We're going to do a lot of picks this week. Uh, it's rivalry weekend. Really excited to see what happens. The big game, I, I might do a separate pod for the Ohio State game versus the team up north. One, because I think I know that those two teams probably the best out of any of them. But also, I just think it's it's a seismic matchup with major playoff implications. And so uh, I, I'm looking forward to doing that. But hope you guys enjoy this pod. I will um, – just a couple of programming notes, and I'll say this again in the next couple of pods as well. For championship weekend – we will most likely not have any podcasts. I will be on vacation that week. And so if you're looking for something, most likely I won't have anything. I may record a couple things, um, particularly for games that are already set in stone. I might do a couple of, I might do a couple of different pods for the big 10 championship game. One, if uh, the team up North wins one, if Ohio state wins one, if Wisconsin gets into the big 10 championship game one if iowa i doubt i'll have time to do that but um yeah i i 
we'll we'll see but there probably won't be anything for championship weekend um but we'll do we'll do a bunch of stuff for uh for when the bowl games come out when the playoff rankings are picked and everything that all, all the all that reaction as well so thanks for listening guys i know it's a little long today but i hope you guys stuck stuck it out this has been the big 10 football talk podcast so long happy thanksgiving everyone god bless <laughs>